Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Now, let's join Pastor Pete Pierce for today's life-changing word. Amen. Stand to your feet. Amen. And in your Bibles, on your iPad or your iPhone or whatever you have, your Android, whatever you got, just turn to Luke chapter 11. And we're going to be reading verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Did I miss anything? Any announcements? Amen. And man, we do thank God for Fanny's healing. It's getting better. Brother John is here. He's like, man, that knee's getting better. Amen. I said, Brother John, you don't have to climb today. He said, Oh, I got this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you there, Luke chapter 11? Um, verse 1 and 2, and it reads like this. Okay, I'm going to get the musicians to go kind of. Turn it down just a little bit. It reads like this. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. So now as another supporting scripture, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. Luke 11, 1 and 2 is what we've been using for our foundational text throughout this whole teaching dealing with prayer. But now another supporting scripture is Luke chapter 18, verse number 1. And he said this, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, men ought always to pray and not faint. Father, we bless you on today. We give you all glory and all praise. We magnify who you are. We love you, God, with an unconditional love. God, teach us how to love you more. We can only love you because you first loved us. Now, even today in this setting, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. We know we, you're the great teacher. And God, you're the one that can seal this word in our hearts. So, hello, Holy Spirit, we need you on this morning. I need you this morning. Help me to articulate what you've placed in my heart, God, to give to your people. We thank you that the word is going to be engrafted in their heart. It's going to bring forth fruit in their lives. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold for your glory and for their good. We love you, Father, can do absolutely nothing without you. It's in the master's name of your son, Jesus, that we do pray and all the people of God shout it. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of our life-changing king. Amen. We've been talking and dealing with for the last um, several, actually several weeks, the last four weeks now. This is the fourth week. We've been dealing and talking about prayer. So this week, we're going to be talking about, our subject is living a lifestyle of prayer. Amen? How many know prayer should be not something that we just do every now and then? It should, we want to get to the place where it becomes a lifestyle, right? Amen. It has to be a lifestyle. Amen. Just to rehearse again, just to go back. This is year 2022, right? What's our thing? We're living in faith every day. Amen. Our faith should be increasing. Even in these trying times that we, we're going through, we, we, we have to live our lives through faith. Our, our foundational text for that was John 10 and 10. The thief comes to do what? But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. Man, God has given his life so we can have more abundant life. And abundant life doesn't mean more money. Come on, somebody. Amen. It means health. 
How about healing in your mind? Peace. You can't pay for peace. Amen. No amount, of, no, no amount of money can pay for peace. That's why you, you, know, you have rich people jumping off of bridges. All the money in the world, but no peace. But the Lord, our Savior, has died to give us peace. Amen. Because he's the center, the circumference, the base, the boundary, the balance and the beauty, the sum and the substance of everything that our life is about. It's all about him. Amen. Give yourself a hand for even saying that. Amen. It's all about him. So just as a, as a quick review, we're going to talk about just a couple of things that we, we talked about on last week, and then we're going to keep it moving. Amen. So we, we dealt with last week in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter, chapter, five, chapter 5. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. Can I get a brother to come give me a hand right quick as my podium slipped down and just push it back up for me? Somebody. Amen. Uh, we were dealing with um, how Paul was dealing in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And he was talking about, uh, he was encouraging this particular young church uh, in the Lord. Because this new church in Thessalonica, they had been persecuted by the Jews and the Gentiles. That's cool. Yeah, just tighten it up. By the Jews and the Gentiles. Amen. So in this particular chapter, Paul is encouraging them. And then he kind of ends it or caps it off towards the end of that particular chapter. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. Amen. That th and this, for this is God's will for, who, for all of you who belong to Christ Jesus. He said, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Amen. And be thankful in all situations, not for all situations, but in all situations. See, because that's what man, people, um, non-believers, that's what they marvel at sometimes about believers. When you're going through, how many know that you're going to go through some things in this world? Right? But Jesus said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. But when you're going through those things. And you're in a, you always have a mindset of prayer. It just doesn't seem to be the same. And people around you, they're, they're confused by why you're not pulling your hair out. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Why are you still okay? Mm -hmm. And you can say, man, it's because of Jesus Christ. I know I am going through this particular situation. I don't like what just happened to me. I don't like what's going on right now. But listen, even in it, I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to give him glory. Can you shout unto the Lord when you're really going through? Amen. Amen. That's when you know you have a real relationship. When everything's peachy king, everything's rosy, all your, all your ends are meeting, you can just write the check. But how about the times when you got to pray before you write that check? Can you give them glory when you got to pray before you write the check? Oh, listen, you done, you done wrote out the bill and you still put the stamp on it and everything and you keeping it on the counter until you can put it in the mail. Amen. Because you're waiting for the bank account to get right. Anybody been there? I've been there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's why we have to get to the place where we never stop praying. Amen. Praying should be a lifestyle for us. And then we talked about a couple of weeks ago that we have to, um, we talked about the person of prayer. Prayer is just a vehicle. Say that again. So say that with me. Say prayer, prayer. is the vehicle. It's all about the person of prayer. 
Everything is about him. We say that it is not a, it's not a cliche, man. I want you to get to the place where all of us understand that for real, that everything we do in the kingdom is all about him. It blessed me with Fanny Pray this morning because, listen, everything that we do is all about him, but everything that he did was all about us. Man, that blessed me. I, was about to, I stole it from her. It was hers about 15 minutes ago. Now it's mine. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's all about him, but everything that he did was all about us. The suffering that he did was all about us. Amen? The life that he lived as an example was all about us. He had to show us how to do it here in the earth. Amen? So when we pray, our prayers are not just about us, but we benefit from them. Amen, somebody. So sometimes we have to reevaluate, you know, you know, our, our methods or our reasoning, our heart for prayer. God wants to give you everything that you're supposed to have and then some. But when we get those things, man, can we give him glory? Those things that we get for him in prayer should not just be for our benefit, but it should be to give him glory. Amen, somebody. So that God tells us and shows us in his word that we are able to pray with confidence. Amen. Just write this scripture down because I got to keep it moving. Amen. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15 from the King James version says this. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. Because somebody say anything. Amen. Now say according to his will. According to his will. Amen. He heareth us. Check this out. Now, uh, let, me, let me read the next verse, verse number 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. If we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we're going to have that petition. But here's the key to that. Are you praying according to his will? Well, how do I know the will of God? Man, you know the will from his word. You know the will of God from his word. That means you cannot pray contrary to his word because in, when you're praying, praying contrary to his word, it's on deaf ears. He don't hear nothing you're saying. Right. Nothing you're saying. You're just talking. You know, <laughs> to talking about the things that, that you want or that you need. But once you start praying according to his, to his will, now he hears you. That's how it works. So, so it's like this. If you're praying prayers and then they're not according to his word, he don't hear what you're saying. But when you pray according to his word, we have confidence that he hears us. Yes. Amen. Yes. And the only thing he has to do is hear you. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And if he hears you, now you know you're going to have the petition. Yeah, because it's his will. All the promises of God are what? Yes, yes and amen in Christ Jesus. <laughs> right? So we're we going to talk about it a little later when you can't pray, you know, uh, not according to his will. But not right now. We're going to keep going. We're talking about living um, our life, having a lifestyle of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. We talked about how prayer is one of our weapons. Amen. Prayer is a weapon that God has given every believer. And I want to continue to say this every week. I listened to the tape last week. I listened to the podcast last week. I said, I said that again. I'm going to keep saying it every week. That prayer is something that every believer has. Amen. 
every believer. So my, my niece, when she gave her life to the Lord, I want, her, I want her to understand in her 14-year-old mind that the more I get to know about what take, took place in my life, when I talk to the one that saved me, I can get results, results, results just like my uncle can. Amen, somebody. Amen. So any new believer, right? It, it's not just the bishop. It's not just the apostle. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the teacher or the evangelist. Prayer is the weapon that he's given every believer. It's a means of communication. Amen. It's a way to talk to him. So what we have to do, so now, man, be praying for her because she has to go back to Baltimore. Right? He has to go back to a whole nother a whole nother environment. But how many know, man, prayer would, tr would transcend time, space, because our God is omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's there just like he is here. So I know we're going to continue to pray a hedge of protection around her, but what I want her to know is when she's going through her 14-year-old difficulties, she can talk to God. She can talk to God. And sometimes, man, if she gets to the place where, or even a new believer, and the only thing they know is, God, I need your help, that can be it. God, I need your help. Because he's a very present help. Come on, somebody. In the time of trouble. That works for a baby in Christ. It works for, works for the old man in Christ. It all works, amen. We have to get her to the place where these new believers know that they have these weapons. And prayer is a weapon. Because the weapon that the, the weapons, what well, well, the warfare that we fight right now is not a it's not a physical war. It's a spiritual war. Amen. We talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. I'm reading from the NIV. Amen. It says, For though we live in a world, we don't wage war, war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are, have divine power that demolishes strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captivity every thought to make it obedient to, to Christ. Amen. Fanny, bless me. We're talking about that POW camp. Amen. Sister Pam said she was telling people on her job. Amen. She's taking them thoughts and putting it. You, listen, you, every believer has the POW camp. When those thoughts try to come against, come in your mind that's contrary to the word of God, you pull it down and put it in a can yes, until it comes to the obedience to the knowledge of Christ, until it starts saying the right things. Amen. Right. Yes. Amen. But right now, shackled. <laughs> it's been confined. So prayer is a spiritual thing. We talked about that. And our goal for the believer is for prayer to become a lifestyle, not a 911 call. Do you hear me, somebody? Prayer should be a lifestyle. Jesus said that men ought to always pray. Then he taught, he, then he, then he taught some parables. And I, I think I'm going to deal with those parables maybe on next week. But the, the part we want to, to, to key in on is men ought to always pray, to have a lifestyle of prayer. And that was one of the things that he actually modeled in our lives. So prayer should not just be a 911 call. You know, when you're in trouble, now you're calling on the Lord. No, uh-uh. God is not a genie in the bottle. We can't just rub him when we want to. Right? We can talk to him. He wants us to come to him, but it's not just when we, just when we need him. You know, 
He's not a and listen, here's another thing about the Lord. He can't be president of giving you what you want. All right. All right. He can't be pressured. You, listen, there's no guilt trips with the Lord. I know we can do it to people. We can, press, we can pressure people to give us things that we want or to do things that we need, but we can't pressure the Lord. We can't do it. Amen. So how about sometimes we say, Lord, we, this is our prayer. God, if you would only, then I would. Come on now. Come on, fix it. Has anybody been there before? I know, I know, I know, I know. God, if you would just only do this, all right, all right. I promise you. What you say? I, <laughs> I promise you right. that I'm going to do that. It ain't, listen, it's never based on what you can do. It's all based on what he's already done. Come on, you, 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 you cannot finagle God. Amen. I know it. Or how about this with Lord? If you deliver me from this, I promise you, I'll never. I'll Y'all been in those never since I have. Amen. I've been in some of those situations. You know. Boy, I remember some, <laughs> I remember some situations, man, when you had a little too much. Y'all know. And now you you dealing with that porcelain God. Feel like your whole inner inside about to come out. And you talking to the Lord. God, if you if I promise you I'll never, I'll never take a drink again a day of my life. Next week you somebody said been there. Next week you back in the same place. Amen. That's not that's what I'm talking about. He ain't heard a word you said. So we cannot get to the place where, you know, God is doing things based on our little bit of pressure. Yes. Amen. We can't, we can't pressure him. Amen. We can't do it. Somebody say we can't do it. Amen. So prayer is something that he's given to us as a weapon. Now, for I know we got a lot of ex-military here. I mean, I thank the Lord for that. God bless you. Thank you for your service. Amen. Most of all, thank you for your service in the Lord. Praise you. So y'all remember back in the day, especially like in basic training, when you got introduced to your weapon. And even people have, who have deployed, and our soldiers and, and airmen and all ones that who are, who are deployed now, your weapon is something that stays with you all the time. I'm talking everywhere you went, you took it with you. Everywhere. I remember, man, even in training, you got so, initially, you got tired of, because uh, they would always check, where your weapon? Where your weapon? And one of the things that the drill sergeants would always like to do, oh, Thank you, Holy Ghost. So the drill sergeants would like to do this. They would like to get you to a place where you've laid it down. And then they will come and steal it. They will come and take it. The devil's trying to do you the exact same way with the way with your weapon of prayer. He's trying to get you to lay it down. But you just gotta, you gotta be just like that young soldier, man. You gotta go to bed with it. You gotta eat with it. You, you gotta go to the bathroom. grab it. It's a lifestyle. That weapon stays with you all the time. Prayer is the exact same way. It's a lifestyle. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
So that means you always have to have it. You always have to be able to pray. And here's the thing, I love this now, you don't have to pray in the King James. Just talk to your God. Right. Amen, you can be driving down the street and whatever situation hits you and you know you need to talk to God, you don't necessarily have to worry about chapter and verse at that particular time, but if you have it in your heart, you can talk to him about it in your language as you're driving down the street. Come on, somebody. You know why? You can fight because your weapon's still there. So somebody has put you in a situation where you're about to slap them. Pull your weapon out and fight in a spiritual way yes, yes. instead of in the natural. Right then, begin to pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you're restraining my hand right now. Hallelujah. Because he'll do it. Won't he do it? He'll do it every time. Every time. Prayer is like an umbrella. Amen. You can't wait until it starts raining to go buy an umbrella. You gotta have the umbrella before the rain starts. So when the rain starts, you can pull your umbrella out and it's gonna protect you. And you still may get drops and drips, but you've got your umbrella and you gotta have it before. See, prayer, man, is something that, like, even in the military, prayer is something that should go before you. Come on, somebody. All right. Because check this out. Prayer settles the matter before it matters. Do you hear what I'm saying? Prayer will settle the matter before it matters. We're talking about living a lifestyle of prayer. Somebody say living a lifestyle of prayer. And Jesus has given us so many examples. Because Jesus will always pray, man. He, he, he's our example in the earth is to always pray. So in Matthew chapter 14... Jesus hears about the death of John the Baptist, right? He hears about the, the death of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 13. And then, I mean, Matthew chapter 14. So in that chapter, later on around verse number 13, it talks about he had just heard the news and they got into a boat and went to a remote place. He got into the boat and went to a remote place. Now, anytime Jesus would go to a remote place, what did he go do? Pray. He went there to pray. So the Bible talks about, he hears this bad news, he gets in the boat, go to a remote place, and then he begins to pray. We know, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that he prayed, but we know that was his custom. Anytime he went to a remote place, he prayed. So now, the Bible says that, that the crowds followed him. And when he saw the crowds, it's, the Bible says he stepped out the boat and saw that they were, they, they had people among them that were, were sick. He steps out the boat and begins to heal them. Amen? All right. So now he has a healing service with all these, all these people. He begins to minister to them. Then it says, later on that evening, um, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, this is a remote place. He knew where they were. <laughs> and all these people out here that you just ministered to, they're hungry now. All right. They're hungry now. Right? Amen. So what did Jesus say? He said, yep, we're going to feed them. Mm. Now you're in a place. I like the way John records this. In John chapter 6, it records the same thing that we're talking about. Do y'all know where we're going? What's next? Mm -hmm. 
He's feeding the multitudes. All right, all right, Bible scholars, right. So this is the way John records it. John records it this way in chapter, chapter 6, verse number 5. It says, when Jesus looked up and he saw many people coming to him, he said, Philip, where shall we buy food to feed all these people? Right? And verse number 6 says, Jesus knew what he himself would do, but he said, uh, said this to, to see what Philip would do. So you see, he, had, he was already prepared because he had already prayed. He had already talked to the Father about what was going to happen. He, he talked to him and he prayed, and then the situation came up. So, man, he had confidence because he said, I know the Lord's going to tell me what to do because I've already had a conversation with him. All right, now. He knew what he was going to do even before he did it. How did he know? Because he was, he was a man of prayer. So now look what happens. He feeds the multitude, right? And then after he feeds them, the Bible says he takes his disciples and put them in a the boat and tell them to go to the other side. He said, you go on, I'm going to get a benediction. That's basically what he said. He said, you go, I'm going to dismiss the people. So he sends the disciples on a boat to go to the other side. He sends the people away. They all fool. Amen. Praise the Lord. He sends them away. And then the Bible says he went up into a hill to pray. Again. He prayed before it happened. Then it happened. Then he dismissed them and he went back to pray again. Y'all know what happened next? He sends his disciples to, to go to the other side and the storm arises. Come on now. Come on now. Right? Now he comes out of prayer again and sees and knows that his disciples are dealing with this storm. Then he begins to walk on the water. Moon walking on the water. So now his disciples are dealing with this situation. And this is a time when these, you know, they said they thought they, thought they saw a ghost. All right, what they saw was a man of prayer. Right. He was walking on his prayers. Mm. Peter says, bid me to come. The Lord says, come. Mm. And we know the rest of the story. Amen. Peter begins to walk on the water initially. And then he sees all, the, you know, all the stuff that's going on with the storm. He begins to sing. And then the Lord pulls him back in the boat. And then man, they were freaked out about how the, this, the Jesus man that said he... He must be God. Because right. even, the, you know, the, 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 the waves and all, they obey, obey him. But what he is showing us, how to deal with situations before they happen is pray, 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 pray. Yes. Right, yes. He prayed before it happened, went through the situation, then he went back to prayer and got, got ready for the next situation. Jesus himself shows us we have to have a lifestyle of prayer. He would always steal away and go to a remote place because in prayer is where God begins to talk to you about what he has shown you. You see, when you listen, and we're going to talk about this a little later, probably next week. Man, when you go to the Lord in prayer, it's a conversation. Have you ever dealt with somebody who talked all the time? Right, conversation is two, it goes Come on, somebody help me. It goes both ways. Right? So Jesus, man, he would go away and talk to the Father, and the Father would talk to him. And I promise you, there's going to be times in your, in your prayer time when you're talking to the Lord and listening to you, he's going to give you instructions, and he'll maybe even tip you out about something that's about to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. He's just getting you ready. 
gets you ready through prayer. Come on, somebody. So he feeds this multitude because he had prayed. How many know that prayer prepares you for the battle? It prepares you for the storm. It's one of the things that you continue to build your faith up is when you are a man or a woman of prayer. Amen, somebody. Don't you feel confident sometimes when you talk to your father? You talk, you know, you talk to someone that will build you up. Amen. You know, there's some people in your life that you can go talk to them, and when you leave their presence, you feel like you can just do anything. Right. Can't nothing come against you because they're always encouraging. Amen. Listen, sidebar. Note yourself. If you got people that eat every time you're around them, when you leave, you feel disgusted. Or you feel less than? Yeah. Them are the ones you pray for. Amen, somebody. But that's how it should be with the Lord, man. When you, when you come out of your time of prayer, you just feel like you can do anything. Amen. Amen. You're talking to him about the word. Amen. You, you talk to him about your family and you, he, he encourages you. He, and here's the thing when you go to him in prayer, because you're always praying according to his word. Amen. And his word is always uplifting. It's always positive. You're praying about something, a situation that you're going through. And when you, when you come out of there, I'm, whew, it's been so many times dealing with this church, dealing with us. I would get discouraged or whatever. I say, God, what are you doing? Don't you know we need a building? He said, don't you think I know you need a building? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then there's times, man, I'll think about moments and like this past Friday, oh my God, I'm like, God, thank you. The first one that we get to boom, dump. I can't, we're going to dump some more, man. Hey, man, we're going to baptize them because that's what it's all about, y'all. It's all about advancing the kingdom in the earth. Amen. That's what he's called us to do. Amen. And he knows exactly what we need when we need it. He's just tell to stay. So I'll come out those times of prayer, man. Like, yeah. Hmm. You know, you get your little swag. You know, you get your little, your little swing on. You're like, God's about to do this thing. Amen. Then I begin to think about and pray about you guys. Man, I want you to win. God wants you to win so bad. Amen. Yes, he does. Amen. Amen. He wants your kids to win. Amen. He wants your children's children to win. Amen. Let me tell you how prayer goes before you. When you pray for your children and they don't even have children, man, I know that, man, I have some ancestral praise that pray, right. the prayers that prayed for me. I wasn't even born yet, but my daddy's mama, I know she prayed for me. Yeah. Because she's a woman of prayer. Right. Hallelujah. And that's how we're going to be. The Lord Jesus Christ himself said, oh, the house of God shall be called a what? A house of prayer. So we have to get to the place where we continue to pray. The Lord demonstrated. And here's one of the greatest demonstrations that Jesus Christ had for us about being prepared, how Praying is something that prepares you for what's about to happen. The garden, in the garden, All right, nice. it was done before he went to the cross. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. His prayer at Gethsemane prepared him for the cross. So when he came out of that time of prayer, he was like, man, it's on. 
It's on like popcorn, cause I know exactly. Now he he was he showed us he showed us his humanity. If there's another way, God, please take this bitter cup from me. And I can imagine that conversation with the father. He's listening now. He said, "No, you know you got to do it." So when he came out, dusted his clothes off. Let's go. He was set like a flint. Let's go. I gotta go. Get, I gotta go finish this work that we've started. Amen. But it happened in Gethsemane. See, God will prepare you in your prayer time for all the hell that you got to go through in your life. But you got to get to the place where you pray. Amen, somebody. Pray without ceasing is what he said. We have to have a lifestyle of prayer. And here's the thing, too. Even with prayer, prayer sometimes, how many know that you can be the answer to prayer? Did, did, you, you, did you know you could be a part of somebody's prayer? Because we talked about in Daniel chapter 10 where, where delay is not denial, right? First of all, when you pray, we, he's going to teach us patience even in our prayer. So Daniel prays and, and then, man, 21 days go by. And he said, listen, when the angel Gabriel finally showed up, he said, I heard you when you prayed the first time. So, so listen, delay does not mean denial. And then also, let me get my musicians to, to play because the children are coming back in and we're going to get ready to pray for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Even in this, I can't wait to, you know, our brother comes back and he'll know to just pick up the music. Yeah. So I'm going to end with this. That God will also use you as a part of prayer. Amen, somebody. So we know, we know the story. What Jesus was, was actually having a, almost like a healing service. So y'all remember the story where the Bible says that there was one that was carried by four. The paralytic. They slid him down through the roof, right? Well, think about what took place in this particular time. This is Luke chapter 5. So the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, right? He says to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. This is the NIV. Friend, your sins are forgiven. Remember when we talked about the whole armor of God, when we talked about the shield of faith, that is not just for you. That was a demonstration of how that works. The man was in the place that, he, that said he, had, he was paralyzed. He had the palsy. He couldn't help himself, but that doesn't mean he couldn't pray. All right. Listen to, listen to Jesus' response. Jesus saw their faith, and he said, friend, your sins be forgiven. So we know the whole discord, the Pharisees and Sadducees that talking, you can, you can forgive sins. What are you talking about? Well, Jesus was saying, I just answered a prayer. This man must have prayed, for, first of all, for his sins to be forgiven and for him to be healed. And he, he answers the prayer with four people that the Bible never gives our name. Because they were the ones that used their faith to bring him to Jesus. Who are you? Uh, you are a part of somebody's prayer. It was their obedience. 
that allowed this man, first of all, Jesus heard him, his sins were forgiven, and then allowed him to be physically healed. Because of faith and the obedience of others. That's how God will use you. Don't you know, man, you can be a part of an answered prayer? Because when you're in the kingdom, it's one team, one fight. We're a part of one body. You never know. I told y'all the story, even with me, man, that sometimes me and my wife would have some situations and, you know, financially, where God would use people to be our aunt. God, we don't know how we're going to pay this bill. And all of a sudden, somebody pays it. Answered prayer through a person. Amen. God hears you when you pray. You've got to believe that. But you've got to pray. And the prayer prepares you for the battle. It goes before you. The more you get into his word, the more you know how to talk to him. Amen. And once again, it doesn't have to be in the King James. Lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to go ahead and close here. We're going to get ahead, go ahead and get ready to bring the kids up and to pray for them. Like I said, man, the garden is one of our greatest examples. He prayed in Gethsemane before he got to Calvary. So even now when we're dealing with our children, and we're about to send them back to school, they're about to go back to school, remember that your prayers are going to go before them. Amen. Never stop praying for our children. Never stop praying for our children. Father, we bless you on today. We thank you, God, that the word that was sown into our lives, into our heart, God, is going to bring forth fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. God, teach us to have a lifestyle. Teach us to be, to be um, like, your, like your son, Jesus. He, he showed us how to live this life in the earth. He prayed all the time. He would go into prayer, come out of prayer, go into different situations. He would deal with that situation and go right back into prayer. Teach us to do that, Father. Teach us to do that even with answered prayers. Once you answer a prayer, God, we want to go right back into our closet and talk to you again and say, hey, God, we thank you. We bless you. Now what's next? For these children, God, we're going to pray for them and we're going to pray that the way is going to be prepared for them. Bless you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.